Hello, this is the Illinois ASBO Advocacy Podcast, and I'm your Executive Director, CEO of Illinois ASBO, Michael Jacoby. This is Tax Day, Monday morning, April 15th, and I'm going to reflect today on issues in the legislature and across the state that happened last week. Uh, We'll get an opportunity to talk about things that I mentioned in my podcast last week related to several bills, and then highlight a few others from the legislative report. Now, the full legislative report is available. You get that as a member of Illinois ASBO, and that contains a long list of bills. So, you know, feel free to reference that for things related to cricketer mandates and issues, maybe not necessarily directly related to finance and operations. Uh, But I will pick those things out that I think really you need to know about and make sure you have the details of where they are currently and where they are going forward. So let's start with some really good news. Last week, I made you aware of the PE mandate bill, and also we talked about consolidation, the the new school district efficiency commission, and both of those are on hold, thankfully. Uh, The first, the PE mandate, uh, obviously would be uh, coming back into mandates that we saw before the passage of the evidence-based funding model, and it's just not good to keep going back to those and putting those back in place. We like those freedoms. Most districts are still doing uh, pretty much what they were doing before the evidence-based funding model, but it gave some freedom for decision-making. Well, last week, we asked through... uh, a call to action and in about 30 minutes we had 200 witness slips that were filed in opposition to floor amended amendment one of senate bill 1189 the the sponsor has agreed to put that on hold because of the sort of disagreement across the board and will hold some meetings she says a meeting every week for at least an hour until we can find a place where this all comes together and we'll be a part of that uh, but also just uh, want to caution everyone that uh, minor concessions might be possible. However, there seems to be a, a lot of movement toward this, and especially among the unions. On the consolidation bill, that is uh, Senate Bill 1838, uh, and then that's the Senate floor amendment to that, and sponsored by Senator Tom Cullerton. This was postponed in Senate education. And again, it would create a 20-person efficiency commission, and they'd be charged with trying to figure out how to reduce the number of school districts to no less than 25% from where we are today through the reorganization of districts and then also the unification of districts into unit districts. And the bill said that says that if 11 of 20 members vote to adopt the report, it will proceed and the proposition of reorganization will be filed with the appropriate regional office of education. And then the ROE is tasked to get that notice published in the newspaper uh, and make sure it gets uh, onto the referendum in those districts. A lot of concern over that process uh, expressed in the Senate by both Senator Andy Menard and also State Senator Chuck Weaver, and Chuck's a Republican. So both sides of the aisle have some trepidation over this particular issue, and it will uh, will be delayed at this point in time. Um, Not to say that it's done, but it will be at least uh, delayed. Reminder, that passed the House. uh, The companion bill for this, which is House Bill 3053, passed the House 109 to 0, unanimous. So, 
lot of pressure out there to move in the direction of consolidation. And we, of course, will stay very, very abreast of that as it goes forward. So those are some updates from, from what I talked about last week. Those are some good uh, ways that things are moving. But let's now talk about some other things that uh, are also moving along, um, some of them not as positive and some of them that raise some major concerns for us. We've been talking about Senate Bill 10, and this is Senator Menard's bill for minimum teacher salary. And of course, this wouldn't affect every district, but uh, would start with a, a, a benchmark minimum teacher salary of somewhere north of $32,000, and then move its way up to $40,000, and then increase by the CPI every year thereafter. So, um, you know, again, it's just a another mandate. It's an unfunded mandate. It would begin to eat up a lot of the new evidence-based funding formula distributions that have been made to some of the smaller and more rural districts. And we've opposed this bill from the beginning. Uh, it passed the Senate, so it's onto the House, passed 45 to 11. So we'll be moving our opposition over to the House and seeing if we can't stop that in upcoming committee meetings. Another bill that we've mentioned is Senate Bill 1952. This is the one that would move the 3% back to the 6% on TRS, you know, end of uh, end of career limitations. Uh, but this is also packaged with some other things that, that are all around um, the teacher shortage. So uh, it eliminates the test of basic skills for teachers and allows school districts to pay substitute teachers. Um, also, I'm sorry, pay student teachers. So we already pay substitute teachers. But uh, uh, this was approved in the Senate on Wednesday, and we support this bill. It went to the House uh, with a vote of 51 to 5. Another bill that passed the Senate last week on a vote of 34 to 4 is Senate Bill 1287. And this is uh, brought forward by by uh, Senator Rezin. This allows voters to put forth a referendum that would require school districts to share a superintendent, assistant superintendent, or school business official. Uh, this moves on to the House. Their representative, Chris Welch, has taken that up as the chief sponsor there. We hope we can work with uh, with Representative Welch, and maybe this can be something that gets put away. But uh, we would oppose this from the very beginning, again, to allow 5% of your voters to put something on a referendum that other people don't really understand, and then drive a school district into shared administrative um, personnel. It's just not the best way to go about those kinds of decisions. And by the way, there are 22 districts in the state that have already made those choices and have combined and shared services at that level. So it's not that it's not happening, but it is happening in places where people have felt that it's appropriate and it works. And that's sort of the way we want to see it stay. And finally, two bills that I haven't talked about much uh, that are moving along and have some potential to be very positive for certain types of school districts. The first is Senate Bill 1746. This resolves an issue for many downstate school districts that don't have much of a, of a local property tax base because uh, working cash bonds, you know, are based on, you know, a limitation of 85% of, of your extension. And so for them, that's a very small amount of money if they're primarily dependent upon state resources. So what this does is it adds to that statute that if a school district has has that condition, they can actually look at working cash bonds up to 85% of their evidence-based funding. So it gives uh, an opportunity for some of those districts um, in different parts of the state that don't have a large property tax base to establish a working cash fund. That passed the Senate 54 to nothing, so it goes on to the House and will be heard in the weeks to come. 
And to conclude, I want to talk a little bit about Senate Bill 1043. This is a, a bill that provides that a taxing district's aggregate ex extension base can be adjusted whenever there's an assessment increase or decrease that's due to things like certificate of errors, a decision of the Board of Review, or a decision of the Property Tax Appeal Board. And so it basically goes backwards and adjusts that extension base to cover that so that you don't lose that perpetually. And that passed the Senate 55 to 0. Very, very positive. And thanks to our current Illinois ASBO Treasurer, Mark Altmeyer, for kind of bringing this issue forward, captaining it over the last several years, uh, moving through several different sponsors, uh, and getting this moved onto the House for consideration. Now, this is the spring break for the legislators. They're through one half of their session, and they will come back on April 30th, and they'll have about 21 days before the end of the session that they have currently scheduled to meet. And we'll be uh, obviously very engaged on some of these issues as well as others, uh, but uh, for the next two weeks, it'll be somewhat quiet in regard to uh, both our advocacy alerts, uh, our, our alliance of legislative reports, and this podcast. But I do want to remind people that our conference is coming up at the end of April here. Actually, it starts May 1 uh, and 2 and 3, and it'll be a great event in Schaumburg. So if you haven't registered, get on that and get out for that. And then secondly, uh, I have a podcast coming up uh, at lunch on Wednesday the 17th on Trust in the Workplace. Be able to you know, kind of hear about the importance of that for you and your leadership role and sign in for that. It's from noon to 1 on the 17th. And then we list leave you with uh, one leadership thought. You know, when, when we do our Leadership Institute, we talk about practices that leaders do that make them effective. And one of those practices is encouraging the heart. Uh, this simply means that you're really paying attention to the people around you, the people that report to you, you're engaging with them, you're congratulating them and thanking them for the good work that they're doing. And by and large, it is one of the most effective things you can do to get people to work harder for you. So get out there, be a good leader, talk to your folks, make sure that they're uh, appreciated and you'll find that they will be much, much more productive. And so I'm signing off. Again, this is the Illinois Adv Advocacy Podcast and I look forward to talking with you again very, very soon. Thank you.